start the podcast right we've been talking about concerts uh scott i think you said you saw rush but we missed it i don't know okay i did i saw rush with my mom (laughs) good times hey hey, hey, i'm not laughing about that hey 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 welcome to theater theater the theater podcast for theater nerds made by three theater makers from the la theater scene I'm Jay Bailey Burcham. I'm CJ Merriman. And I'm Scott Leggett. And we're back for the beginning <laughs> of another bonus miniseries. Because after every fifth playwright, we give ourselves a break from reading plays and instead we watch movies. So this time, we're covering four movies about theater. So mm. they're movies that aren't plays or musicals, but they are about life in theater. Uh, and as always, when we do our bonus miniseries, we have our special guest and original songwriter here with us. She's an extremely talented playwright and performer and a contestant on the current season of America's Got Talent, <laughs> Pam Quinn, everybody. How are you, Pam? Hi, Pam Quinn. And we well, love it okay. when our guests talk before the uh, before we introduce oh, okay. them. So okay. yeah, you're yeah. here. You're just I was a part of quiet. this. We try to just to sort of start just babbling, which we do well. There's a lot of good babbling going on generally. We're a bunch of babbling brooks, and we love it. Pam, <laughs> Pam, how you doing today? I'm doing okay. How are you doing? Oh, I'm great. I, I, I'm feeling a good energy about this one. I feel like this is going to be one of our better apps. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely a good vibe. There's great stuff happening. So good there's a lot to say. To there's the a lot to talk about. Weekend. And, we're in a, and we're into a holiday weekend. Yeah, happy yeah. holidays, everybody. Happy Independence in America. Yeah. What a bullshit country we live in, y'all. Yeah, let's yeah. celebrate our independence. <laughs> I will say we have a we have a pretty solid mass of listeners in uh, Australia, uh-huh. uh, as well as Greece, yeah. uh, as well as Spain. Yeah. So I want to also wish just a happy weekend to those people because happy uh, fucking summertime. Like we're, yeah, great we're time listen, for yeah. I've been to Greece. It's fucking insane there. It's fun. Yeah, yeah, Greece. I go back anytime. Word. That sounds fun. I've never been. I just, I just let's feel like let's go. Exactly I've always like wanted Mama to go Mia. to Greece. Let's. Oh my God. Let's fucking go. Let's go. I want to go. I want to go back. Let's do it. <gasps> and that's sort of the podcast. We, we flee and break out our credit cards. Let's get out of here. Oh, <laughs> I'm in for it. I feel like we should. The movie Mamma Mia inspired me, and I feel like I just want to live there now. <laughs> Mama Mia. But we're not here to discuss Mama Mia. Thank God. Not we're sure not. No, it's a segue. It's a shitty segue. We'd rather babble <laughs> all goddamn day. No, it's good. We're 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 doing we're talking about four movies. Okay. We have two movies we're gonna be covering today. Mm-hmm. And then two movies we're gonna be covering uh next week. Two of these movies uh, let me say this before we get into before we introduce them. <gasps> these love- four movies in my opinion, 
do a really great job of taking the piss out of theater. Here, 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 in a, in true, a great way, that. and they use them in different ways. That's that was kind of like as I was meditating on all four of them, I'm like, there's like there's one of them that's sort of a direct sort of hit. Then there's one of them that uses it as as sort of a a, a metaphor for life in general, and then there's mm-hmm. you know. But yeah, they're they're all great. They 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 take the piss out of it for sure. It's a well, metaphor for life, man. It's all a metaphor for life, man. You know. I also feel like it covered like kind of the four main spots of American theater: high school, community, theater company, and Broadway. Mm. Yes, yeah, yeah. good call. Yeah. I know one of them is you know very English, obviously, but yeah. I, also... I, I kind of like reached on that one a little bit, but I <laughs> no, but I hear you. It's it's a company of actors and and yeah. theater makers, like absolutely. And I yeah. and and we'll, we'll be comparing and contrasting. They also all four have their own pretensions. Yes, um, absolutely. In their own ways, they also all four have their own ways of being problematic. In my opinion, all mm. four of them do. Um, Agreed. And we're gonna get into all of that, but that's what we're here to do. Uh, so first choice was a Pam's pick. We're going to introduce them all real before we get there, right? We should do that, right? So people know. Yeah. Um, Pam, go ahead and introduce what yours was. Mine was Waiting for Guffman. That's correct. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Which we'll be starting with. Uh, but then we're going to move on this episode. We're going to move on to CJ's pick, which is what, Siege? Shakespeare in love. Mm, delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Which also has a stage show now. I kind of forgot about that when Does we were it watching really? it. Does it really? Yeah. Like well, a straight play or is it a movie? A straight play. Okay. Yeah, we'll talk about it. I mean, either it. way, I'm like, eh. Uh, There's uh, things to say. <laughs> um, but then next episode, I will say we, we introduced one thing. We, we said that we were going to be doing one movie. Uh, we can't go back and retcon that. We can't fix that. So we apologize. But yeah. we want to let you know that we could not find Topsy Turvy on any <laughs> streaming platform except uh. the Criterion channel, which I do have, but I borrow it from somebody. And we password, <laughs> so we couldn't watch it. So I said, you know what? No one else is going to be able to watch this unless they have the Criterion channel. So why don't we find something a little more accessible? And and we were pitching around ideas. And CJ blurted out something that I don't think, which you had never seen before. No, 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 no. You just heard of. And so Scott's pick got replaced. Yeah. Scott, what's your new pick? The new pick is Hamlet 2. <laughs> it's not it really Scott's. Has... It's not really Scott's pick anymore. But that's you know, true. It's, it's, it's our pick. I'm it's sorry, the po- Scott. It's the pod I... pick. No, it's it's all good. I no. hope we get to topsy turvy though. I I read about it and I was stoked to watch it. We'll so. do an N stuff on Gilbert and Sullivan, or we'll just do a mini series on Gil- Gilbert and Sullivan and do an yeah. N stuff on topsy turvy. I would love that. I love Gilbert and Sullivan. Anybody would be do, ever do any Gilbert and Sullivan? Any? I've done some. Yes. No. Only you... pirates. The only thing I've ever done is one of the short ones called Trial by Jury. It was the only one I've ever been in. HMS Pinterful. Yeah, <laughs> HMS Pinterful. Yeah, I did Pirates of Penzance, but I'm familiar with the Mikado and HMS. 
as well. Three little maids from school. <laughs> yes, totally. HMS Pinafore, my only introduction to that was the Cape Fear episode of The oh, Simpsons. Oh, Simpsons. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Good reference, Pam. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah. It's, it's probably, that's probably where most people yeah, yeah, yeah. are educated. Of course. On it. Which what, is never, also... No, never. That's also the episode that is being trying to be remembered in the play Mr. Burns, a post-electric play. That's right. Right. Sure. That's right. Yes. Well, Everyone should yes. go read that play. It's an interesting one. It's so um, good. And then the fourth thing we're going to be talking about, we're going to end on my pick, which was Birdman or The Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance. That's mm -hmm. right. The Oscar-winning uh, Inaritu film, which we'll get into, which is a divisive film. I mean, that mm -hmm. is, I mean, I think even on this pod, it's going to be because... It was hated by many people in the theater community, in the critic community. The c critics really didn't enjoy it. And it is portraying some things that I think are hard to take in, especially as a, as a theater creator. Mm. Um, and it makes it a hard movie to watch. And I think maybe that's why I like it so much. But it also creates conversation. That's why we're going to get into it. So, And then we'll rank them all, and that'll be fucking awesome. That's uh, going to get controversial. That's going to be the I best. I think it is. I can't yeah. wait. So, Pam, <gasps> you chose Waiting for Guffman. Tell us why you chose this one. <clears throat> well, Waiting for Guffman is my favorite movie of all time. Mm. Number wow. one. And mm. not only that, my favorite television show of all time, Dawson's Creek. Uh, in the pilot I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt, but Dawson's I believe it's Creek. It's da Crick. It's Dawson's Creek. <laughs> Dawson's, Dawson's Creek. Creek. <laughs> um, I'm sorry to interrupt. Now I'm I know a, what you're talking about. Thank you. I'm not ashamed of it anymore. I used to just say Arrested Development, and now I've fully embraced Dawson's Creek as my favorite show of all time um, since Netflix came out with those horrible seasons of Arrested Development. So, in the pilot episode Hot of Dawson's Creek, in the pilot episode, right in, right in. In the pilot episode of Dawson's Creek, the four main characters go to the movies, and guess what movie they see? Wait Birdman. Guffman. Oh, wait. <laughs> Shakespeare and Love. So exactly. my favorite TV show, my favorite movie came together in that beautiful moment in 1998, and uh, it was a great time great time mm. but yeah Guffman is brilliant I mean every time you watch it you get something new you hear a new piece of dialogue that was thrown away mm. it's mumbled in the background mm -hmm. you catch the deleted scenes it's just uh, it's just, a just treasure the takes chest. and the looks like just yeah. the background people are just all in there everybody's engaged in it is fucking marvelous it's it, it, they're so committed of yeah. deleted scenes there's a bob odenkirk deleted scene that i think is one of the greatest deleted <laughs> scenes oh that's right yeah everyone should look it up um yeah so uh let's go around real quick had y'all seen this movie before scott siege oh yeah i saw it in the theater i was a spinal tap stan like mm -hmm. spinal yeah. tap was my jam mm -hmm. and so when this came out which is probably a decade later more than a decade later, uh, I was in it. And then the fact that Spinal Tap does all the music, or yeah. the three, three gentlemen mm. of Spinal Tap do all the music for Guffman is just like, so I was in it I, and saw it in the theaters. I think I saw it two or three times in the theater. And yeah, yeah, it's just fucking marvelous. It's fucking, fucking marvelous. And Siege, you were new to this one, am I right? 
I'd never seen it. It was another one of those movies that every time I said it, everyone was like, you're a theater yeah, person. Did you Why do it? you seen this movie? And I just, you know, I just say it over and over again. I'm not great at movies. It's it's one of my things, which is why I'm stoked to be doing the pod because I'm watching so many more movies. But yeah, uh, I was worried I was going to hate it. <laughs> <laughs> and you but... did or you didn't? <laughs> oh. I didn't. I didn't. Okay. I, I was like, oh, wait, should oh, I like, I was sweating. I was like, I was should, sweating. I, should I hold it out? <laughs> no, good. Really? No, I didn't. I was, it was, I was very worried. It had been talked up to me so many fucking times. And it's not that, like, usually my friends know me pretty well, but like, I just was still worried. And But I, CJ, the next time you see it, and you have to see it again, because I'm telling I'm, you, every single time, these new things come at you and you realize even more reasons why it's so brilliant. It's just great. Also, oh, CJ, it does have one thing uh, that you don't like. You've been very outspoken about the fact that you don't enjoy improv. And this movie is actually 100% improv besides the musical. How do you feel I, about that? I don't, I don't hate improv. I think it's, it's organized a, improv. It's very I organized. It's, I think it's a good tool. I just don't think it's oh god you really put me on the spot here. You've talked about it on the pod before. You've you've, yeah. you've talked about you just you're just not a fan of improv as a um performance art. I I'm surprised to hear that it was improv. Does Christopher Guest usually do improv? I've seen some of his stuff. Oh. Uh, him and Eugene create a a outline basically and they really let the actors just and they shot like over 60 hours of footage and then it took him like a year and a half to edit it all together that's fucking crazy (laughs) that sounds fucking crazy to me yeah they they do all of the care they they map out and like do character descriptions then they map out story and then the scenes and the scenes are just written on a fucking index card and they tell okay oh well, okay, so I guess this is this is my main thesis about improv is, and I think it's a I think it's more of a modern day thing is there is a very artificial like characters playing characters of themselves characters in improv right now. And there's something about Christopher Guest and that whole crew because I've seen all of them in several different things that it's all just like all of those, I think I commented when I watched it with you, Leggett, that I was like, these people have good cry eyes. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, that's to me, that's something that's really hard to, f- I don't know, I don't know. Now I'm feeling really worried. Well, no, here's the thing, CJ, I have a feeling you've seen a lot of bad improv because we all have. And I've seen a lot of good improv too, though. I just don't think it's a substitute for like all of What's the training. On a page? Yeah. No, absolutely not. I think you're right. I think it's a tool. And I think, um, you know, I mean, there's a lot of more recent people that I guess we would talk about outside of like this group would be like Will Ferrell or John C. Riley, who their process is also like, you're just going to have to get as many takes of me figuring out this character until I figure it out, Yeah, which can be very difficult to work with. That can be really hard for, a you know, a, a large budget movie. I've so- heard that about Taika Waititi, too. True, but if he's in charge of the set, and I maybe love it's him, he's one of my favorite filmmakers right now. Like whether sure. he's directing or acting or fucking both, I love him. Right, he's yeah, he's phenomenal, and I think I think improv in general, like you said, it can be a tool, it can be a great thing, and it can lead to genius. I think there are times when it goes wrong, even in film. 
Um, but this movie is, I would argue, uh, pretty spotless and pretty spot on in terms of the character development. Uh, I had seen this movie maybe a hundred billion times. It got ruined for me once when it was shown to me by a teacher I didn't like. They mm. put it on as like, this is my favorite movie. And I was like, oh no. And it kind of <laughs> ruined it for me for a second. <laughs> but then I've rewatched it and I rewatched it for this. And I honestly, this is one of those movies I put on for comfort. This is like, yeah. I need to like chill out and maybe take a nap. I'm going to put on Waiting for Guffman because it brings me to this level of nostalgic relaxation where I'm just like yes these are my well, people like I hate like you're these people in the town. you yeah. feel like you're a resident of Blaine when you watch mm -hmm. this movie because it's so real and it's like you're getting to look into the real life of these people of these right. odd people and it's it's very much about like small town Midwest Missouri you know like that and the people and the town but it's also got this very intense a commentary slash love letter to like community theater and the yeah. people who end up being a part of those things because a community theater does end up being a reflection of the community, right? Like you always have to call the mechanic down the street to play a part because you can't, you can't fill Danny Zuko or whatever. You know? Right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah. It happens. And everybody, everybody is so sweet. Like there's just a sweetness to all these first of all all the actors are are sweet but just the characters all have this earnestness and this sincerity the villain is their ignorance that's, yeah, that's exactly the like of it's, the just, piece. it's just the, and na naivete just yeah. straight up like uh you know lost in this world and, and I, all I, of guests movies all of guest movies have that in, endearing sweetness that just yeah. like i mean best in show even when um Hitchcock and and Parker Posey are screaming at each other. Oh yeah, it's still they're doing it out of like you said. It's like this ignorance and just this. Like, you're just kind of like, oh, they don't get it. That's yeah. okay, you know. Like it's really quite nice. And even uh, I, this this movie, I think, can work for even like an eight year old. Like I was probably six, seven, eight when I saw it. It comes out in end of ninety six, so I was. I probably saw it right after it came out. My brother would have brought it home from Blockbuster or something. And I thought it was hilarious. Now I watch it and laugh for a the billion different The first time reasons. I saw it, I thought it was boring. I saw mm. it. Oh. I know. Wow. It was shown to me and I thought it was boring. And I was like, I just don't, I just don't care. Like I was so, I, I just didn't like it. And then I watched it again and that's when I started to get it because I didn't have to focus on the plot. The first time I was watching yeah. it, I was focused so much on the story and like, where is this going? And then the second time I saw it, I was like, oh, you don't need to. It doesn't it's not matter. About it's, it's about the it's, characters. It's the journey, not the destination. Exactly. And I just fell in love with it the second time I saw it. And from that time on, I was just I was absolutely hooked. You know who else's favorite movie this is? Pam? Who? Meryl Streep. Wow. Yes, really? We were the same. Yeah, you are the same. Why hasn't she, she ever done one? Why hasn't she ever done a Christopher Guest movie? She'd be great in a guest. Oh my God, she'd kill it. She'd have a blast. She and Catherine O'Hara in a scene oh together. Oh my God. Uh, just getting drunk. Just <laughs> trading the world shots. world would implode. We could, we, we have just Have they wrote... worked together? No. I don't think so. Really? They're That's my number one and two. My number That's one and two. One being... 
Catherine O'Hara and two being Meryl Streep, they've never worked together. We just, wow. We just wrote an Oscar-winning movie. Like, Catherine O'Hara, <laughs> Meryl Streep, at an at a airport bar. Tom Hanks and, and Sam Rockwell. They just walk in. <laughs> they join them. I, on. I, Go ahead. I, I actually, the thing that really spoke to me about this movie was... Um, this was the theater community I was in at home because at my school, literally, especially through high school, we didn't have any boys to play the boys role. So I always played boys roles or we like had to co-op with the local high school to even do a musical because they cut all of our fine arts programs at my school. And the summer that I discovered community theater was massive for me. And I spent like four summers there in a row. We did like Music Man my first year that I was there. And um, it's so cheesy and everything. But it, yeah, it, we. I think one year I was there, it, it was that town's like 125th year anniversary. And they wrote a musical about it. Oh, wow. God. That's amazing. Wow. <laughs> and those things happen. You know, You. I mean, like I, I brought up Riverfest earlier. Like you go to these local like town uh, gatherings and there were there's always crap like that. It was like, let, let's learn about why they landed here in Kansas. You know? They did <laughs> Chautauqua every year because the Civil War was fought close to that area. So they would do like, uh, they would do like, uh, stories from that time and poetry and music and they would do they would like recreate battle scenes and shit have another I ever, big have I ever told you guys about the niceville mullet festival <laughs> what <laughs> so i i went to niceville high school in niceville florida and every year they have the niceville mullet festival a mullet is a, a, a mud a mud sucking fish and you had mullet fries and billy ray cyrus played there one year and we opened for them in the uh, show choir. Um, so we opened for Billy Ray Cyrus, who didn't want to come because he'd blown up, but he'd already signed the contract, so he had to come. So it was huge. But yeah, the mullet festival. Also, I, yeah. oh, I had to get that. We in. stand Billy Ray Cyrus right now. Uh, we were talking about it the other yeah, day. Yeah, he's uh, standing up for uh, uh, Lil, Lil Nas, Nas X. X. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, for yeah. When, anyway, yeah. Di I can't believe we invoked the digressions. Cyrus family. Yeah, digressions. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I had something. I don't know what it was. It's something stupid. I'm sure. Oh yeah, but the Wizard of Oz in Kansas is this big thing, and people are always putting oh. up little skits, little stupid sure. skits of like yeah. Wizard of the Wizard of Oz, and they'll always invite like. One of the only remaining surviving munchkins <laughs> is playing the father in this skit. <laughs> oh. uh, it was really sad. I, I wonder um, how many there still are. There can't be many I left. I think they're all gone now. Yeah, because there was gone. only a few at the time. Yeah. And there's this little town in Kansas. It's a little Sweden. It's called Linsburg. And it's where all of the uh, red... Tulips. Um, yeah, a lot of and the, we we called them the children of the corn because we played them in football and they all had blonde hair, <laughs> blue eyes. Um, and they were that was Triopia in my area. In the the poppies, was it poppies? Because that's what's in yeah, the yeah. The they were in poppies. They well, there were tulips in Munchkin Land though. That's oh, that's right. right. You're correct. You're There's correct. a lot of beautiful flowers all over Oz. Okay, <laughs> read the books. Um, anyway, we've digressed so deeply. Uh, uh. Let's talk performances, okay? Because there are some pretty phenomenal... And I, the word I, I, I keep coming across while watching this movie is specific. 
specificity. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. The, the especially, and I'll just say it right now, my VIP, my number one, my ultimate performance in this movie is Parker Posey. Oh, yes. she's great. I'm with I think you. fabulous. I know she's that great. girl. Like I have, I have hung out with that girl. Oh yeah. And I have worked with her at Blockbuster. It's just you know an what I mean? island. It's an island is what it is. <laughs> it's an oh island. <laughs> Teacher's pet. She's yeah. so... I mean, the deleted scenes with oh her are oh ridiculous. If you, uh, CJ, you haven't seen the deleted scenes yet, Mm-mm. I imagine. You got, no. She does this monologue for her audition that they didn't put in the actual film, and it is effing brilliant. And she wrote it herself. She <laughs> wrote the stunning. whole thing wow, herself. Wow, cool. It's, it's those, brilliant. Those auditions are actually, they were meant to just come up with an audition and perform them there. That was all... Like Catherine O'Hara and Fred Willard got together and came up with that whole bit. At the Oasis, and and Parker Posey came up with her own thing, and they were just meant to come in and like. That was the first time they had ever performed it in front of anybody. It was great. It's yeah. brilliant. She's just so, it's that she's so vulnerable and so charming and so committed. You're talking Natural. about yes, she's just in it, and you know there are some that are bigger than others. Um, but yeah, I, I love her in it. Um, <laughs> and then I'm I'm just always astounded at Fred Willard, like yeah. that. It just it's just a valve that he can turn on, and then this insane shit just comes out of his mouth. <laughs> it's just like like I imagine that they just had just endless just spit takes. Oh God, the oh, amount of footage of Fred cut, alone. Cut, yeah. yeah, they were saying that. Um, Fred and Christopher, whenever they would be doing something and the rest of the cast had to be in the same room with them, they would shoot it separately because Eugene Levy couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. There's that. actually a shot of him sitting like way behind everybody in one scene yeah. when Christopher Guest is showing off the dance, the dance yeah, moves. Yeah. And you can see Eugene Levy in the back just with his face covered because he, he just can't, can't watch. He's, just, he's <laughs> like, I'm not going to do it. Like, that's the thing that makes me so jealous about watching any of the guest movies. It's just like these people got to be on set for six weeks and had a fucking blast. Yeah. Well, Hell you yeah. know what's interesting, though, is that um, Michael McKee and Harry Shearer and Christopher Guest are so serious. Mm. They're such serious people. If you listen to the commentary on Guffman or any of his movies, <laughs> it's not funny. Like no, they they're don't, all real they don't, serious. They don't dudes. even talk about exactly. They don't like laugh at themselves on the screen like how we think they're so brilliant and that was so brilliantly funny. They're so factual and informative and they just are very serious. It's interesting. Yeah, Harry right. Shearer is like, well, in, in this scene we uh, yeah. <laughs> we decided to move this furniture uh, three <laughs> inches to the right <laughs> okay i felt like this was the animal farm of theater phrases because like i just read animal farm for the first time last year and there was like three phrases that we've said forever that i was like that's where this came from and it was like day of the show y'all i was like oh day that's of the show movie. there's a couple of them here in guffman that i'm like oh that's what i've been hearing all these years <laughs> so that was yeah kind of fun. isn't that crazy mm-hmm. a big one was ass face and your ass face. Uh, that was a one, one of the gal that played Claudia on Nine when I was a sophomore at Webster came on. We were doing tech and we were doing the light change between her leaving him 
and her yeah and she came out and she's like i hate your ass face and threw her dress in yeah <laughs> yeah and i was like oh that's funny did she just come up with that <laughs> <laughs> no it's always from a christopher guest movie <laughs> i've learned now i've learned better right so fred willard parker posey my favorite yeah is Lady Catherine O'Hara. Oh, oh She's yeah. just the perfect amount of over the top that's so believable for her character without like overshadowing anybody. Like she's just so insane. I love it. I love it. Oh, I love Sheila Albertson. I love her. She, I, I can watch Catherine O'Hara play drunk like literally for hours. Like <laughs> literally she could do a one woman show and just get hammered or play hammered. But that scene in the restaurant just. <laughs> yeah. Oh my just God. her slow meltdown and then you, we're talking about china now china <laughs> china <laughs> well and i the thing was about that too about that restaurant meltdown too was and this is why she's my favorite part is like there was a moment into that scene that i was like why is she why is she angry drunk i mean we all get drunk and sloppy and act like assholes but she's clearly mad at him so i was just so connected to because it developed throughout the movie of like oh this is she's really unhappy and this is not a good relationship for her to be in and i thought she was psychologically yeah i just well in her rea i mean it's funny the way i mean yeah funny movie but like i think that's something that i appreciate about appreciate about these films is like they're actually people that are like going through some real life stuff that's sad and hard to go through but Mm -hmm. they're just funny people handling it in a funny way because sometimes you have to laugh or you're gonna yeah cry yourself to sleep you know and i i loved that about her character too Uh, people say you must have been the class clown and and, and i say no i i wasn't wasn't. (laughs) but i sat next to the class clown and i studied i studied him (laughs) (laughs) there's just so So, many it's so quotable and every single performance is insane but eugene also is is kind of at top of his game on in this one so waiting for guffman was filmed in lockhart texas Mm -hmm. and if you go and visit where it was filmed it's like 20 minutes away from austin and it literally is like this small desolate abandoned town and the town hall is literally well it's actually like um the town hall in in Lockhart is like a city jail or something or like it's not even a town hall but it's right in the center of the square and there's all these antique stores and like tra- there's a travel agency there I mean it's not where they actually sh- shot the uh, inside of things but the dentist office is a block away so like every exterior shot they used for Guffman is within walking distance of each other so it's like getting to visit <laughs> it's like, it's all, it's and, all and it's like an amusement park dedicated to waiting for Guffman it's so I go every time I go to Austin to visit my family I always try to take a trip to Lockhart by myself and just that's <laughs> amazing that's, that's amazing um yeah and and just some of the other like Paul Dooley we should give a shout out to Paul Dooley who does who's the UFO abductee. Yeah. And he's also <laughs> huge in the Los Angeles theater. Like he's And he's they probed of, me. 
and they probed me. Um, but that dude's career, like, and that's what he guest does so well, like in, in all of the movies, but in Guffman in particular, like he's, he's all of these people have insane careers. Bob Balaban alone. Yeah. <laughs> and, the, and, but you don't quite know them. Like you, you know, you don't, they're not superstars. There's no huge actor or name in them. They're just, these hardworking, you know, you know, slugging around actors and that have he drafts and, and puts in them and then they just do this spectacular work. And one of my biggest laughs in the entire movie that just makes me like scream cackle laugh every time is when it cuts to Bob Balaban and he's he's conducting the overture. Yes. Oh, which yeah. he has written. And yes. he's like <laughs> and you can't see me because this is a podcast, but it, go watch it. It is one of the because he's so in it and so serious, and he and never the band smiled. is so good. The, the band, band is, is so good. The, the trumpet, yes. the trumpet player playing the timpani. <laughs> it's like time. an incredible uh, clarinetist just doing these like insane runs, and you're just like, yeah. well, and, and and that's that's such a fantastic redemption arc for that character because yeah. Bob Alaban's kind of been the asshole throughout, and he just wants his shot, and so what do yeah. you know? Oh, he knows his shit. He knows what he's talking about. He did it. He did it. He gets the applause, and you're like, yeah. He wipes his sweat. sweat. It's great. Um, uh, I also love um, fucking uh, Arquette in this. Like, he's... Yeah, Louis. Louis Arquette is just... First of all, there's a shot pre-show where they cut to him, and he's just sort of watching the insanity and he's got that pancake makeup on it's so like heavy like and he's, and he's so good like he's, he's the best marvelous. actor he's in the whole marvelous. show like oh didn't see you sitting there well come <laughs> around the fire and you're just don't like, get me going I'm on in. beans i'm in <laughs> like don't get me going on beans he's great. <laughs> And he's so charming god rest his soul he's he's no longer with us but like a special uh i had a moment of silence a special <laughs> shout out to almost tied for first for my favorite character is Michael Hitchcock. Like as oh. as um the pharmacist, Steve Stark. Steve Stark. I just he's so Corky, Corky. Like he's just, he just, just so him. in he's love. He's just with in love Corky. with him, and he won't. And Pim. he and he wouldn't. Let me audition, you know, as he told me, show business, show biz, and I, I couldn't God, I wish audition. I was in the show. <laughs> God, I want to be in the show. <laughs> Pam, do you want to tell the story about that? So I put, I wrote a, a cabaret called Be Our Guest, which combines all of music from all Christopher Guest movies, Spinal what? Tap, uh, cool. uh, A Mighty Wind, Guffman, For Your Consideration. I think I put the, uh, the, the, Porum song in there, the Porum yeah. song. Yeah. And um, Bailey was in it with me. And uh, I tweeted out, I tweeted out and I Instagrammed out the a little promo I had made of our rehearsals and stuff. And Michael Hitchcock liked it and he wrote, he wrote something like, He retweeted, this, God, I wish I, I was wish in I was show. in the show. Yeah. <laughs> ah, nice. Um, oh, that's so that awesome. Was, it was awesome. I got to sing, um, a penny for your thoughts as Corky. Uh, and then and then Pam and I did uh, Kiss at the End of the Rainbow from A Mighty, from a mighty Wind. Oh, that's great. That's fantastic. Um, hey, I totally forgot about this because it's a bonus episode and I wasn't even thinking about it, but I guess we should fucking CJ. CJ's Breakdown.
a mockumentary about the self-important and actually really important people that do community theater. A Midwestern town prepares, rehearses, and performs an original musical celebrating the sesquicentennial. Tensions and nerves rise when the cast finds out an important agent from New York is coming to opening night, Guffman. <laughs> so yeah, so I guess we should talk a little bit about the fact that the overarching plot of this is that there is potentially this Broadway man <laughs> coming to see the show. And Corky has been talking it up and saying it. I have a question uh, uh, real quick before we keep going with that Beckett uh, idea. But um, mm -hmm. was anyone ever coming ever? Is that what we're meant to believe that there was actually somebody? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because he I sends, mean, he sends the stakes they give you. He sends the message at the end that he's stuck at the airport because of a snowstorm. And then that's what it was, it. right? Yeah. Yeah. That's but, right. Okay. Yeah. There, so, there was a real there person coming. The idea of this, we're waiting for something that's, that is potentially never coming, but they all right. believe it is coming, just as right. Dee and Gogo believe mm -hmm. that Godot is coming, or do they? I don't know. Mm. Mm. Well, that's, that's the age old question. Doctoral things have been written on that very topic. Yeah, and I mean, both things are just about like delusion a little bit, which the delusions of grandeur in this one, where there's just that bit of they. He, Corky thinks this is Broadway level. Corky thinks this is something that could actually take them all to the to the big time, and I think there is a bit of that in small town community theater i mean Hell we've yeah. all done it and oh yeah the there's that part that of you that's like show up and, and yeah uh what if absolutely. what if bernadette peters just happened to show up and she loved it so much because she performed in this town one time you know like, <laughs> yeah okay yeah um but there's also <laughs> incredible things that happen at those theaters so i don't want to i'm not disparaging i'm just saying i think there's there can be some delusion in it all helps theater with, the, with sure. the magic it helps with the magic of making it bigger than you're performing for your English teacher or fourth grade reading teacher. You know, there's something right. bigger, there's bigger stakes to be had, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's hope. Yeah. It's, it's, oh, a, yeah. it's, a, it's hope. And you know, that's what the whole movie is filled with, you know, even at the end with the, with the, the capper at the end, you, you still just have all the hope and love for all of these characters. It's, it's, I, I just, it still just lays me out, like how good it is, how smart it is, how fantastic all of the casting is, and just its utter simplicity. Um, it's just, I dig it. I dig it. Everybody dance. Dan, 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 dan. Dan, 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 dan. Did you guys know that Christopher Lloyd is a baron? He's Christopher Lloyd is a Oh, sorry, not Christopher Lloyd. Christopher, Christopher Guest. Guest is a Baron. He is the, well, the fifth Baron. Well. Fifth Baron Hayden Guest. And he is, uh, when he is formally uh, addressed, he is addressed as Lord Hayden Guest um, uh, of the House. And he was part of the House of Lords until the 1999 uh, House of Lords Act. So because of the hereditariness of the title he's doesn't serve on the house of lords anymore but all right i just thought it was kind of cool like you know he was born in adam one day so it is kind of fact. insane to like know he has a title like that and then watch corky or watch <laughs> even like harlan pepper from best of show is one of yeah. my favorite oh characters my in any of these movies <laughs> um he does uh did you guys ever watch uh the show the uh family tree 
it had like one season on HBO. Um, no, I didn't it get was, to it. It was, it was, it was a Christopher Guest TV show. Is basically what it was. But mm-hmm. he, he plays. He's got to take like a literally no lines where he just looks at Michael Michael McKean across the room and it floors me. Um, there's only one season. Watch it on HBO Max. All right, yeah, for sure. I didn't one even know season. about that. Hell yeah. There's yeah, it one only season had one of a show on Netflix called Mascots that Corky St. Clair. Oh, that's right. Yes, is that's actually right. in. Yes, that's right. <laughs> that's kind of fun. Mascots is great. I really liked Mascots because I hate I and hate is a strong word. I really did not care for four year consideration. And yeah. when Mascots came out, I was kind of in a bad mood about four year consideration. <laughs> so I didn't know I was gonna like. Plus, I heard Eugene and Catherine weren't in Mascots, and I was like, "Well, that sucks." You know, yeah. I really oh, yeah, yeah, love yeah, them so yeah. much. But then I watched the show, and I was like, "This is actually really great." It was really funny. That's cool. Yeah, it's fun. Um, what else about Guffman? You guys got any other thoughts? Favorite scenes? Favorite moments? Favorite songs in Red, White, and Blaine? Um, <laughs> I am Blaine. Eugene Levy's wife, or I will be in three years. About three years. <laughs> like, She's so those, funny. Those are characters that I. I was love born her. To play. <laughs> She's fantastic. It, yeah, it's great. It's a great character. I mean, I it, that's that's Christopher Guest though. It's it's their fucking characters in those movies are awesome. Yeah, who, and they're on screen for like thirty seconds, and you just fall in love with them in thirty. Yeah, seconds. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 awesome. I, what, who was it that just said that they they just put it on sometimes just to me? Bailey. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like a blanket. It really is like a warm blanket to, you know, you can just like, ah, uh, because you're going to laugh. You're going to, like Pam said, you're going to find something new. There's going to be something that sticks out, like, you know, whether it's the stage manager in the background, like trying to fix something or it's, there's there's always new stuff in it. I think my favorite parts of it are in the deleted scenes that monologue and bulging river which is a huge music number that got cut from the actual theatrical lease (laughs) is so freaking hilarious i think my favorite because it it was like cool when we discovered the deleted scenes like on top of what we already loved so it just there was something really special about it and none of them needed to be cut they were it's like one of those things where not one of them you're like Oh, I get why they cut that. They're all so good, all the deleted scenes. (laughs) Honestly, my only criticism of the movie ever, especially like the first time I saw it, was like, I I could sit here for another half hour. Please give me another Mm. half hour. It's short. Yeah, it's short. It's a a tight little thing. And it's probably. They'll leave you wanting more. But like, yeah, it left me wanting more totally. And I totally charmed by, by it and by all of them. Yeah. I also, I'm like. I don't know what it is about Catherine O'Hara in that that sweatsuit that like <laughs> the, the, the jogging suit <laughs> the jogging suit that just like gets me going. I don't know what it is in that ridiculous cowlick she has. Oh, oh yeah! So oh my good. god, she's it's so, so hot. I love her. Oh, I know. I know. I love when um Roy, Lu- what is his name? Roy Loomis. Yeah, I'm down from Deming at the end. Um, he he comes over to Sheila and he goes, "You were, what's your name?" And she goes, "Sh Sh Sheila Albertson." And he goes, "You are so good." She goes, "I was." <laughs> so, so the emotion in, in her. In the oh God. He was in the Jeffersons. He also he has an um, door neighbor. He's also got a fantastic scene in um, Adam's family. 
He's in Adam's family. No, it's oh, the right. richer. It's He's the, the neighbor who they hit the golf balls into yeah, his yeah. house. Yeah. Uh, it's a good, goodbye girl movies, yeah. with uh, with Richard Dreyfus. Richard, Richard Dreyfus won the Oscar right. for it. You know, I watched that right. recently. I'm not a fan. Yeah, it doesn't oh, hold man. up. But him him as the director trying to get him to play Richard the yeah. Third as gay is a fun bit. That's funny. Uh, and um, no, it doesn't hold up especially well. No, no. And you know, they're they're. Less so in this one. The other three have some more things that I don't think hold up in a 2021 viewing. This one, less so. I don't. There's nothing in this one that I think got me too bad. Um, you know what I mean? In terms of offensive shit. This one doesn't really have any. The other three, they do. <laughs> yeah. Hamlet 2 is going to be a lot. We're going to get into oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I great conversation. Uh, this is really yeah. good podcasting here. I, I wasn't sure if you were talking about the other Christopher Guest movies or the rest of the movies that we're doing on this particular. These podcast. four, these four movies. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now, yeah. now I, now we understand. Yeah. Got it. Great. I'll be more specific, like the cast of this movie. Um, great. Well, okay. Do we have anything else we want to say? Do we want to? Do we want to? Uh, uh, sing stool boom together. I don't know. How, how does this Working, work? Working, <laughs> making, never stopping, never sleeping. Um, why don't we move on to CJ's pick? Okay. Yeah. yeah. This is the uh, 99? 98. 98? Yeah. Uh, Oscar winning movie Shakespeare in Love. CJ, break your pick down. CJ's breakdown. A documentary about when Shakespeare wrote Romeo and Juliet and how he fell in love with Gwyneth Paltrow. Yes, actually, it's a... <laughs> actually, a fictional telling of a romance between William Shakespeare and a new muse who inspires him to write Romeo and Juliet. No, I liked the first one. I think it's a Werner Herzog doc. <laughs> uh, that he I was feel there punchy for. this he week he while built, I was watching he, these films. He yeah. built, built a time machine. He went back yeah. and he, no, he got Werner it. No, Werner Herzog's old. He was just there. Um, <laughs> we love Werner Herzog. He's oh, on the Midlorian. man. Yeah. All day. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, this is uh, uh, a Stoppard-esque, since he is one of the, the writers, uh, telling of how... Maybe Shakespeare wrote Romeo and Juliet. Maybe. maybe it isn't. How it happened, maybe. <laughs> right. Also, everyone looked like they bathed a whole lot more. Than they I, actually did. Yeah. Yeah, it was a very because. clean movie. I remember being like, mm, they'd be throwing up on each other if they were in the vomitorium. <laughs> <laughs> um, they'd be pissing Lots of close face-to-face -face shit. It's like yeah. watching Game of Thrones where you see a sex scene and you're like, I can smell that from here. Uh -huh. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Oh, you want that. You want the, like, visceral, like, poopiness of it all. So, so I have to say that yes. when we went to watch it, and I say we, I'm talking about Brian Krasner, my roommate, and fan of, fan of the pod. Uh, but as we watch it and they get, you get the first close-up of, of Gwyneth, like, you're looking at, and, and I just hear Krasner go, my, my pussy smells like a candle. My candle smells like a pussy. And I, was, <laughs> oh, no. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Um, but I, I, I the goop she, shit. She's got she the goop. She made a candle that's smells. Oh, and it is such a complicated right, right. person in real life. Hey. Well, and that's I, what I I'm was. I'm a goop stan. Goop forever. All right? <laughs> Everyone needs to go do ayahuasca. Right. <laughs> she made me want to do shrooms again so badly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair I, enough. I thought I was You're going Gwyn to. Gwyneth stan. I am. 
<laughs> Sorry, Scott. Go ahead. No, no. I, I, I just thought I was going to hate her in it, and I didn't. But the distraction still ha- held up. Like she's great in it. She does a, a great performance. But I'm always watching Gwyneth Paltrow through the whole thing, and that was that was my only bummer with it. Otherwise, I, 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 I just thought it was it was sharp as a tack. Like. Every beat is just sharp, and you can see Stoppard's writing in it. I had some gripes about some of the direction. Like, he does some weird, like, like middle shots, like these weird, like, not close-up things, like, where you, and, but other, and when he, there's tonal shifts, it gets a little weird. Mm-hmm. But all of those other, all of those supporting actors that step in throughout the whole thing are just... Oh, chef's kiss. Like, they're just magical. It's magical. I almost got bored with some of the love stuff between them and just wanted to see more of, 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 <laughs> more of, of cool that. More Brits. I, yeah, I mean, just doing their thing. Like, when, you know, like, there's an actor fight. There's literally, like, an actor rumble. And I was like, this is amazing i even like ben <laughs> i even like ben affleck in it like oh he's great i don't i don't, I can't I, I don't hate on i don't he's hate great on in it he's, he's great, great in, in it. it he's like he's he's in it he's the accent's not horrible or anything and um <laughs> i love ben thing. affleck in this movie i do yeah. too <laughs> i don't know what it is that every time he walks on screen the first time in this movie i always go oh yeah he's in this doesn't he suck in this and then he says like two lines and i'm like oh no he's He's, he's in. He's all the way in. I'm in. He's great. Yeah, he's yeah. great. Have you all ever seen the Family Guy thing about Ben Affleck? No. He's asleep on the couch and he wakes up and he's like, I have to play Henry V today. Hello, 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 hello. Got it. And then he puts <laughs> on the camera. I mean, that's Sorry, pretty much Paige. it. I will I say he's, a, he's really solid in uh, Gone Girl. Oh, yeah. And I saw that. I don't think and he's, he's bad really solid in this. I don't know that I like him in any other movie. Maybe, maybe Goodwill Hunting. I liked him. I liked him as Batman in the Justice League. In the in the yeah, yeah. he does his uh, thing. He does the Snyder yeah. thing. Yeah, I uh, yeah. Do I don't hate on him. On I think it's, it's just the celebrity stuff that's you know. Yeah, sure. Honestly, it's and that's this thing with Gwyneth too. It's like it's hard to separate sometimes and. Uh, to, for me, Gwyneth, I thought, was just absolutely fantastic. And Scott, I kind of approached it like you, where I was like, oh, my God, she's going to annoy me. She's not going to be quite right. There's going right. to be something uh, off. And it it wasn't for me through the whole thing. I just was like, she's so good in this. Yeah. She's so yes, good in yes, this. Agreed, well, agreed. in 98, she hadn't done a ton. She had done Emma. She was like and 24 years Doors, old. I think, she was a like, kid. Yeah. So, she was just Blythe Danner's daughter. <laughs> so when we're talking about things like celebrity and we're talking about it like in from this lens, like I just don't know that like at the time it was that jarring to see her there, right? It wasn't. Right. I remember seeing it in a theater and it wasn't. You know, it was uh she was, you know, she was fine. She won the Ben Oscar. Affleck I think was a little bit maybe more so a little bit yes. only because he's Kevin Smith baby, right? So he the Kevin Smith dudes all know who he is. But um, and like I, I think Goodwill Hunting. Had Goodwill Hunting had already happened, and yeah. he and Gwyneth were dating at the time. Right, 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 right. Well, that was my thing too. Like I don't, 
maybe I saw this in theaters. I don't remember. I saw it a long time ago and I've seen it a million times since then. And yeah, that was my thing. I saw it before she was Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah. Now she kind of pisses me off. Yeah. So it doesn't bug it. It makes me cringe, but like she's so, I, I think she's great in this. And she's so I good. agree about Ben Affleck as well. Yeah, I'm kind of obsessed with her in this. I'm kind of obsessed with Colin Firth in this. He's great in everything, I feel like. He he is kind of the definition of when is he bad. Yeah. We've talked about that before with people, but I, I was really, I was going through his IMDb and I was like, I don't, even in things that aren't so good, like Kingsman, right, which I know a lot of people love. I'm not a huge sure. fan of those movies, but he he brings it. He's fully dialed in through all of especially it. Especially yeah. the, the first one, he's especially great. The him. first one, yeah. Uh, Mary Poppins Returns, he is phenomenal in that movie. Love he's, him in that. He's one of those people that's not a chameleon, but his thing works so well in everything yeah. he's cast in. Agreed. Also, Agreed. the only good part of Love Actually, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, maybe. maybe. I've only seen it once. He's not got this thing where he 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 is, as an actor and as just physically in his voice, he walks this tightrope where if he falls in one direction, he becomes utterly charming gentleman. And he falls in the other direction. He becomes a surly prick. And yeah. that really, really easily, you know. I think that that's why he got so much attention for the King's Speech and why he won the Oscar. Because right. that was really actually different from that line. Anything. Yeah. yeah, it was a little different. From well, before that, his biggest thing was either Pride and Prejudice, or which was Bridget made for Jones. TV, or Bridget, Bridget Jones, Jones Diary. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So those were his two big sort of what people knew him for. Um, and then this was kind of an outbreak for him, even. Um, uh, and well, King's Speech was an even bigger one. Yeah. Yeah. And this plays into the thing that we were talking about in the first film with me, where anytime someone says like about someone on film, man, they're great. You like 95% of the time they are a theater person. And that's what I think about with Colin Firth. Mm. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And um, same with uh, Joseph Fiennes. Yeah, Joseph Fiennes <sighs> lost in the. I conversation. can't believe we haven't talked about him yet. Yeah, <laughs> he gets lost in the conversation, and he is meticulous and like he's just in it. And like, I I he's was great. I was so taken by his overall performance, and just some like he's he's got a, an amazing face, but just some Them eyes, <laughs> those eyes, and like just looking across the you know backstage, looking on the opposite side of the stage at her, and I'm just like. <laughs> Just go on stage. Just don't worry about it. Just go on Talk stage. Talk about something, though, that hasn't aged. I watched Handmaid's Tale, and he is horrifying. Yeah. Because yeah. he's brilliant. Yeah. And yeah. so now when I go back and watch this, it's hard for me because the way he looks at right, her, right, sometimes right. I'm like, ooh, yeah, he's yeah. awful. <laughs> he's going to murder her. Like, right. it's... <laughs> but it's right. you know it's just because that's how I have him in my head now, and he honestly right. hasn't aged a fucking day because he's gorgeous. Um, and his uh, he's he is a brother to Ralph. Fine, right. Right. it's Rafe. Ralphie. Rafe. Rafe. Ralph Fiennes. AKA my God. Voldemort. Ralph. Rafe. Yeah. Okay, yeah, got it. It's Ralph. Um, <laughs> it I've always Ralph. known it's Rafe. I don't know why in my head I was like, there's a third brother, and it's Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's brilliant. a sister, and the sister is a novelist. Ralph? Is no. her name Ralph? No. I thought you were going to say novelist. I thought you were going to say Christ, Who are they? The Brontes? She's a nun. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, and then they're both of their, their parents are like, both like, 
writers and mathematicians like brilliance and civil and, yeah, rights yeah, lawyers were, and it's shit. not right like how the uh, good genes in that family can i please holler out the other amazing actors in here that i i mean if you've watched downton abbey or any other stuffy uh english thing the holler at us girl holler at jim us. carter yeah as the nurse yeah oh so good jeffrey rush oh yeah yeah judy motherfucking dench as well, Queen sure. Elizabeth. She wins the Oscar. Yeah. Uh, yes, Imelda Staunton. Mm -hmm. As the actual nurse, who <sighs> who also might be in my top three performances of this movie. The yes. scene when she's fanning herself uh, while they're doing that's While they're that's fucking. While they're fucking. Yeah. Um, yeah, brilliant. Simon Callow. Uh, Anthony Cher as the apothecary in the beginning. Anthony Cher. Uh, we should do a shout out to is a dude that for whatever reason never made it <laughs> in movies. He's got like a few film performances and a lot of British TV stuff, yeah. but who like many actors will, will say he is perhaps one of the greatest actors, stage actors of the English language. Mm. He's Dr. Moth, right? Is who you're talking about. Yes, at I'm the beginning. At the beginning, and he yeah. wrote right. gotcha, he gotcha. wrote an extraordinary book called Year of the King, which was his year prepping to do Richard the Third. I remember is fantastic, about and he he talks about like he had been doing The Fool and King Lear, and he ripped his Achilles heel, and then then he got Richard the Third, and he was like, oh, we're going to do it next year. So he, he, he started doing push-ups and he played the whole thing on crutches to sort of give the, the spider effect to Richard III. And he had like this prosthetic hump on his back that was gross and he, and he kept his shirt off. But he was doing like a thousand push-ups a day like in order to do the show. And I was just like... Damn. He and wrote a book. There's a book about it, right? Yeah, it's called You're the King. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah and he had about. drawings and sorry. Yeah, he did sketches and the whole thing. Yeah. But there's also, he just played Lear in 2016 at the Royal Shakespeare God. Company. Yeah. Oh, my God. And, that would have been phenomenal. amazing. He was Falstaff in Henry IV, one and two at Royal Shakespeare in 2014. And he's uncredited as Thrain in The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smaug. Oh. I love That's my favorite Hobbit movie. Um, my, my final call out to casting in this movie is Mark Williams, yeah. <laughs> who is the prologue with the stutter, but he is Arthur Weasley in all the Harry Potter movies. Right. That moment... Bring, yeah. brings me to tears. It's so it's, good. It's, it's so good. And you're just beautiful. Did, did, did I do good? And you're just like, yeah, you did great. Man. Like, do this. like, you do it. I uh, cried three times during the viewings of these four movies. This was one of them. I was, uh -huh. I was sitting next to Pam trying to wipe away my tears. So I didn't know you cried. That's right. Uh, uh, and I'll tell you what the other two were when we get to them. Awesome. No, well. I feel like this. There's so many theater tropes that sing in this movie, especially if you're a theater performer. Like, well, and even a director. Like, I thought of you, Scott and Bailey, while they were sitting through auditions, and everyone kept doing the same Marlowe speech. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. Um, dealing there. with the been there, done that. <laughs> dealing with the playwright, um, opening night audience. Standing ovations, people wanting to break into the biz, um, showmances, theater hacks, 
um, how we talk about the audience backstage and opening right. night jitters. Like that's it's what I even though it's this quote unquote historical film, like those are things that I always connect with where I'm like, we've always been the same. Well, and it's <laughs> not it's it isn't historical, you know, because it's 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 barely scraping like basic history, but also right. pretty modern. Like even their speech most of the time is right. more like it's not, you know, it's not so hard to understand for us. It's and and I I, that's a credit to Stoppard, you know, because he mm -hmm. he does Rosencrantz and Guildenstern as well. A lot of people know uh, Arcadia is another one of his. But Rosencrantz and Guildenstern is one of those plays that, like, if you just barely know Hamlet, you're still going to kind of enjoy RNG because there's something kind of there for everyone. Uh, even if you really have no idea what's going on, uh, the absurdity of it is is there and it's fun. And if you have two great, phenomenal actors doing RNG, then, like, I think anyone can enjoy it. And I think there's a little bit of that to this too. It's very populist. You don't have to love Shakespeare even for this to kind no, of. No, not at all. Yeah. It, it, and it, it, that's the brilliant thing is like all of the, the little references that you can tell are very stoppered, you know? Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. yeah um, it's a mystery. <laughs> Who knows? Know. It's, a it's a mystery. Yeah. yeah. Oh th th that's that's Stoppard for sure. Because the other co-writer was Mark Norman. Mark Norman should get credit. Um, th like the uh, the John Webster reference, the little kid who's is John Webster. <laughs> and I'm like, and it's like <laughs> I, lo I liked it when he stabbed her at the end. <laughs> like yeah, all that kind of stuff. Like those deep cuts are fantastic. And so the nerdier you are about. Shakespeare, or, you know, about Elizabethan or Jacobian drama, you're going to just get that much more out of it. But at the end of the day, it's just a really great tragic love story. Like, it's so, I get so sad at the end, especially when, and this is Judy Dench, the way that she delivers that line, like, it's it's time it's time for scores to be settled or, or debts to be paid at the very end. Like, you, you don't have a choice, lady. You're going to have to go with him. You're going to get on that boat. And that's just the way it is. And you're just like, ah, yeah, ah, I um, want her to get on the boat. Real quick, <laughs> sorry. Uh, can can I just tell you the only credit worth mentioning um, that Mark Norman has outside of Shakespeare in Love? What? Yeah. I mean, he wrote for TV a little bit here and there. He wrote for the original Mission Impossible series and a couple episodes. But... His only other credit worth mentioning is one of the worst films of all time. Oh, no. 1995's Cutthroat Island, starring oh Gina God, Davis and so Carrie Elwes. Wow. I love Gina Davis, though. Okay, but watch that movie yeah, and you tell can't. me it's <laughs> not the worst. You literally can't, you can't watch right that movie. She's the reason it's, why I'm a catcher, or was a catcher for softball. Um, oh, because of do you know that my boss at Shakespeare Youth Festival plays Gina Davis's daughter at the beginning <gasps> and end of A League of Their Own? Well, oh, I'm jealous as so fuck cool. now. Yeah, you know all the coolest people, like all of them, Owens. like Blair Barron. <laughs> can <laughs> can we talk real quick about <laughs> and how about how this movie was going could have been absolutely awful. Yes. With Julia Roberts, who was originally attached <gasps> to play. Is that Winnetor. true? Yes. So here's the story. So oh, fuck. Uh, uh, so they went into, they had pre-production going. This is in like 92. They have sets built and stuff. And she's like, I'm doing it, but I'm only doing it if we get Daniel Day-Lewis to play Shakespeare. 
Oh and so, shit! And Daniel Day Lewis was like, "No," and she kept <laughs> no. like she kept she kept calling and going, "Would you, you would you do this?" And he's like, "No." And so she eventually dropped out because <gasps> Daniel Day Lewis wouldn't do it. And wow. thank God, because it would have been yeah. awful, terrible. Awful. No, it, yeah, it needed these two. I I love these two in it. And uh, oh oh, I forgot to bring this up when you were talking about it, Siege. But Jim Carter, yes, and Amelda Staunton are married. Yes. Yeah. So he was That's playing the, the nurse. English marriage and ever. she was playing the nurse, but they were both playing the nurse in their Oh, that's awesome. That's I so had cute. no idea. Kind of fun, and, kid. And that, I'm a little sad he's not married to Miss Hughes in real life. <laughs> well, <laughs> the, the uh that's I think my favorite line of the movie is what's the play about? Well, there's this nurse. <laughs> and he's trying to tell the hooker that it's all about him. And well, and Jim Carter has one of my favorite lines was uh, Jeffrey Rush walks up to him when they get the new scenes and they're like, it, is it funny? And he goes, I was playing a pirate king and now I'm a nurse. That's funny. <laughs> I love that. Hey, uh, trivia real quick. Okay, yes. here we go. Uh, you guys are going to have to guess what the other two are. Here we go. Judy Dench wins the Academy Award for Best Actress in a Supporting Role for her role as Queen Elizabeth. Mm -hmm. Okay, she's only in the movie for six minutes. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. The shortest ever perform. She's the second shortest ever performance to win a Best Actress Supporting Role Oscar. Who is the number one shortest ever performance in a film to win an Oscar? To Not uh, for supporting actress. For best supporting actress. Yeah, that's uh, hard, but it's a big movie. Judy uh, Dench. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have no idea. I I feel like I the shortest ever is in all categories is uh uh I believe Anthony Hopkins for Silence of the Lambs because he's yeah, only yeah. in like I think three he's in like I think he's in nine minutes or something. Yeah. Well, so maybe yeah. So that's for uh, lead actor. actor yeah. uh, for for supporting actress, is it's it... a '70s movie. Oh it's shit! '76, 1976. We're not gonna take it anymore. We're not gonna but take, take it. it. Uh, no. It is Scott Beatrice Strait in Network. Oh Jesus Christ! That's she's a in good only one. five minutes of that movie. Anyway, that's I, a deep cut. Yeah, Thank deep, you. Deep deep cut. Sorry, I just yeah. wanted to get there. I love yeah, deep cuts. Yeah. It's fun. Uh, we should add a thing that just says Bailey loves deep cuts. <laughs> deep cuts. Bailey loves deep. I don't know. We'll, just, Ryan, we'll cross off throat and just add cuts. Perfect. So, yeah, this <laughs> one. This one, like what? It, it won best picture, but not best director. Which is makes sense. One best screenplay, yeah. It won best picture because that year all the movies that were nominated were like Saving Private Ryan, The Thin Red Line. It was like all these war movies. Yeah, and, and Spielberg won best director. Love. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we should also say, well, the big rumor about this is, and what we haven't talked about is, the producer of this movie, basically, yeah, bullied Hollywood into giving it awards. <laughs> And that's Harvey Fire Harvey Weinstein. I remember. Please seeing don't his say name. Harvey Firestein. I'm, so, I'm no. so sorry. Harvey I, I, I Weinstein. Poor Harvey Firestein. up there at the beginning, and I was like, ugh. ugh. Yeah. yeah, that was that was rough just to see it pop up and be like, oh yeah. And it's it goes back to that thing we've talked about on the pod before, where it's like, wouldn't it be nice if we could just put, but it is produced by Harvey Weinstein. Right. Uh, <laughs> that would just help everything. Yeah, yeah, that would be great. I mean, um, he got the movie made, so you sure. know, there's a lot of 
you know, a lot of amazing people got awarded and got to do amazing work. And so we'll leave it at that. Fuck Agreed. him. And fuck him. fuck him. Fuck him. Um, what else? What else? What else? What else? What else? Performances. Um, Anyone else got anything? Tom uh, Wilkinson. Tom Wilkinson. Thank you, Pam. Like I was like w- w- watching it with Krasner and he's like, God damn. He's like, this arc is fantastic because the first thing you he see cares. is him being, he's being an asshole. And then he just falls in love with the show oh, and to watch him. So and then, good. and the then when he comes, and then when he comes out and he starts stepping on Joseph Fine's line <laughs> and he's like, cool. Yes. Like, I got it. He's like, I got it all. You it's know? so good. He's you know. the one that locked in opening night jitter, jitters for me where I'm like, yeah, I've stepped on my lines before. Right. I've stepped on other people's lines before. But he like doesn't even notice. He's just so focused <laughs> on so his own focused. part. <laughs> I love uh, it. And Rupert Everett. We haven't talked about Rupert Everett as Christopher Marlowe. As a pretty is, small oh, part. Shit, yeah. It's a very small part and it's but it's fantastic. Like just the little he's jabs great. he's getting in they're getting in with the pissing contest that they get into. It's like maybe not. Maybe Pam had said while we were watching it, she felt like he didn't get enough of a career. And I was like, he had his moment, though. He was he was in all of those mannered comedies. He did all the Oscar Wilde movies. He did yes. uh, An Ideal Husband. He did Importance um, of Being Earnest. Importance yeah. of Being Earnest. He did, he was the villain in uh, Dunstan Checks In, which, you know. Yeah. <laughs> one, of, one of the best family films of all one time. One of the great movies of all and time. And he's so brilliant in my, in my best friend's wedding. He's so brilliant. Oh, he's so that good in that. Yeah, yeah, that's his best performance. I love that movie. That's easily one of my favorite Julia Roberts movies, which... Hands down. Dunstan hands down, yeah. Dunstan checks in. Dunstan checks in. It's the dancing that the uh, our audience can't see that's winning it over, Bailey. We should it's get a, fine. We should, you should post, a, post an Instagram video. You just do it we should just start putting this on YouTube. We should stuff on Dunstan checks in. It's not I'll, a bad idea. I will do it. Uh, there's music. They play music in that. Or there's the acting. Dunstan universe. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna remake that movie someday. Yeah, right. I'm gonna do it. I can't wait. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's 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 all those scenes with the actors and at the hanging out at the bar and 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 watching them just talk to each other and 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 oh, what's the gentleman's name who who originally is playing Juliet and then his voice starts to break. And oh, he, uh, I can't Thomas? remember that. Wasn't yeah, his name Thomas? yeah, Thomas. Yeah, and he's he's marvelous too. Like he's so good in that. Like for there, sure. There's that scene where they're 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 doing it. It's him and Gwyneth, you know, and they're they've got the hands and they're doing the dance, and then Josephine's interrupts. But like he's just, <laughs> and he's worked. He he works a lot. You see his face a lot, and he's yeah. You know, but every every one of them, like it's an insane cast. It I should, will say though. Had it. We just talked about Guffman, which is all about like specificity and and like naturalism, even at, at you know for comedy's sake. This one, and I say this with all positivity, mm-hmm. but it feels a bit like every single person in this, especially Jeffrey Rush, <laughs> is bathing in the river of ham. Oh yeah. Right. Like they just are they are they're they're it's a it's a whole thing. And that that goes back to a story actually where Kenneth Branagh was directing uh I think it was Thor or may, it was something around the time of Thor and I I believe it was uh uh what's his name? Um 
Skarsgård, Stellan Skarsgård, went up to him and was like, "Hey, I feel like I'm 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 being a little bit hammy," and he was like, "No." I want you to bathe in the river yeah. of ham. <laughs> <laughs> and I've just, I've, I've, I've held great, on to that for a long it's time. It's a great yeah. direction. That's a great, it's a great brand direction. Out direction. Man, yeah. I want to get in this movie that fucking direction it. sometimes. It's a yeah. good direction. Like, it's go all the way. As an and actor, Jeffrey I Rush, love it. He kind of he kind of guides the beginning of this movie, right? When he's got his feet on the fire, and then he's going around looking for and trying to make everything happen, and he's looking for Will and like all this stuff. You're following him a little bit, and he is just doing everything. He's got the the <laughs> the goofy eyes, and he's blinking a lot, I and he's him. he's all over the place, and it works. It, oh, there's yeah. never a time where I deny deny or doubt, uh, doubt it. It's mm-hmm. it's they're so committed to it, and even if it's not historically. Um, accurate in any way should reform it also it does feel like maybe this is kind of how it felt right like yeah well, putting these I, plays together and stuff i do have to say when we started doing shakespeare in college my junior year was when we really got into iambic pentameter and shit but part of it was just studying shakespeare's time and we read this book called shakespeare alive with an exclamation point at the end well sure and it was this 250 page <laughs> book that was just about like what was Elizabethan England like? And it was politics. It was like what it was like to walk around London, everything. And the thing that our teacher mentioned that if you wanted to go for like how it looked and felt and smelt like, you should watch Shakespeare in Love. Oh, wow. It's for like that whole opening scene with Jeffrey Rush crossing through London and the shit dropping behind him and he's stepping in horse. I mean, honestly, it's all about the shit. He's stepping in horse shit and there's just, it's it's dirty and it's busy and it's crazy. I loved all the ink on Shakespeare's fingers and the dirt dirt under the fingernails. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. No, I, I agree. It's dirty time. There's something to that. Yeah, there's um there's actually moments in the third Harry Potter mm. and actually the second one too, Chamber of Secrets, because he's writing in the book and stuff, where it will focus in and like movie. It's maybe it's a British thing. I don't know. But it's like in these high budget films when it zooms in on someone's like fingers or mm-hmm. like their or like their pores on their face or something like I don't know what it is about that it's like my ASMR like I love that shit mm. I love yeah. seeing cool. their their fingerprint full of dirt and like because they had to do that like they had to a, a makeup person had to decide to do well a a director had to decide to tell an art director to, had to decide to tell an assistant <laughs> yeah. to right. tell the, the makeup person but still right. it's it's amazing it's, yes like, absolutely the magic of film you can't see things like that in theater you know you can't we can't get up in there we can make his hands dirty but mm-hmm. i don't know i yeah. love it no no i agree i agree what else um i've got uh my favorite uh uh second favorite line after the well, well there's this nurse uh and that's <laughs> uh that's that's judy uh uh I, I know something of a woman in a man's profession yes by god i do know about that yeah. and it's it's great delivery it's it's it's, it's abs- it, yes it's the impeccable delivery of an impeccable line and she she's just her eyes, she just is annihilating everybody. You know, she yeah. has the power of Queen Elizabeth in every fucking moment. And she's not, she never moves her head. 
it's all mm-hmm. eye stuff, you know, and uh, that's where he gets uh, gets some amazing shots of her. Never mind her makeup and her costume yeah, through the absolutely ridiculous makeup and hair and yeah. costume. Uh, the costumes in that movie overall are just sh- like Scott said, Chef's Kiss. They're mm-hmm. so good. The, that whole production design. I mean, you know, because they don't use a lot of. I mean, I assume that hardly any of it's in actual interiors i'm sure they were on a lot for most of it but some of those exterior shots of the houses and especially uh gwyneth's father's manor where she she's got the 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 river the river thing and And the horse carriage always runs through and almost hits people yeah (laughs) fuck um no it's uh it's it's I was really pleasantly surprised with with I hadn't probably watched it in a decade, mm. and I was really afraid of the Gwyneth Paltrow stuff, and that didn't bother me. She was great, and um, and just everything else. Um, it's funny because um, what's his name, uh, uh, John Madden, who directed it. Yeah, he's got a few other things, but nothing like. No, I, I I'm a big fan of the best exotic Mary Gold Hotel movies. Mm. Uh, the first have... one, the second one, I'm tired. Hey, I, I got it. Hey, sorry, I'm hey. sorry, I'm sorry to say it. I'm sorry to say. Second it. one's good. I like the second one too. I like that whole uh, uh, B M G H. E H C U, crap! I messed that up. The best exotic marigold hotel cinematic universe. Um, I'm a big fan of it. Uh, I don't think he directed the second one. I think he only did the first. No, one. I think he did the both of them. Oh, did he do both? Okay. Yeah. I'm um, sure. The scores to both of them are phenomenal. If you're somebody who yeah. listens to music scores, big fan. But he also directed Proof. He also mm. directed a, with a, Gwyneth. With Gwyneth. Um, but he also directed a movie with Judy called Mrs. Brown. Uh, and if nobody's ever seen it, it is a fantastic movie with Judy Dench as Queen Victoria oh. and, and the friendship that she ends up having with this Scottish guy after the death of Prince Albert. And uh, it's a marvelous, charming little film, really beautifully shot as well, if you ever get a chance. Hmm. Mrs. Brown. <laughs> Sounded like Mrs. Doubtfire just then. <laughs> when are we covering Mrs. Doubtfire? Uh, when the musical hits Broadway? Yeah. Uh, that's happening. What, what queen can't Judy Dench play? Right? Name a queen. Yeah. Hello. Uh, Freddie Mercury. Her nose for now. <laughs> she ah, could I would love to see Judy Dench as She Freddie would kill it. RuPaul. Less on that one. Uh, <laughs> I mean, to be real, Freddie Mercury, too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. But. The queen of uh, slop and trash. She could Slopping. never play that. She's too beautiful. She's That's too awesome. who I would play. All right, I withdraw my comment. She sucks. <laughs> I'm just saying... She's not perfect, okay? Um, I'm just saying. I'm just her. saying that in a fight... In a yeah. fight, like in a parking lot, right? I could kick Judy Dench's ass. I could kick her. Take ass. that away from me. <laughs> Except but she can't. In Skyfall, she could kick all of our asses. It's for sure. Yeah, She's so bad. that's the one movie where she could kill us all. Um, phenomenal film, phenomenal performance. I love her. I love her. I want to touch her. Oh, that's inappropriate. Um, do we want to say anything else about love and Shakespeare? Shakespeare and love. 
Love in the time of COVID? I no. love Love in Shakespeare. It's 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 a great movie. It still holds up. It te- I teared up like multiple times and uh and I I was a sucker for it. I was just a sucker for it. Like that whole the whole final act is just extraordinary and yeah, here here. Um go ahead. I will say the one thing that made me raise an eyebrow, and again, I I was just like, it's Shakespeare, CJ. They're trying to, even though they wrote it in 1996, they're still trying to make it Shakespeare is the whole scene of when they're about to bang. And he's like, are you a virgin? She's like, yes, I promise I'm a virgin. And they have this whole scene later where she's like, you're married? And he's like, yes, I didn't (laughs) tell you, but I love you. And she's like, you know what? It's okay. So that was the one thing that I was like, well. Yeah, and I mean, I think... Especially from a 2021. Times, whatever. No, and I, I, I'll never like stand up for something because it was in a certain time. Like I actually got into it with somebody on TikTok recently because they were talking about how it was okay that Charlie Chaplin was a pedophile because of the time, and I was like, no, it wasn't. It like really wasn't, and it was this yeah. whole conversation. And so I, I like I'll never stand up for it because it was, it, it was of a time, like whatever. Um, but I will say that in terms of all four of these movies, but. But like from a 2021 lens, I think everything kind of offends me now. Like, I, like truly, like everything I watch, everything I do, I'm always just like, oh my god, that's yeah. this is not. Uh, you know, they're they're trying to, uh, they think they're being woke and they're not like kind of stuff. But then sometimes I go, or maybe this stuff just happens and I'm meant to just kind of watch it and be like, right, I know that that exists. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, it's I mean, like when somebody puts a, a a really horrific scene into a movie or into a play we talk about plays a lot and it's, sometimes it's it, it means something sometimes it's just it's too much i think but what were you gonna say scott sorry i was just gonna say like it, it's hard like I, I had a professor back in the day who who would chastise us for presentism in other words trying to filter everything that we review that in other words that if you're the furthest something the further something is away from us the more that you have to understand it from both perspectives, that you have to look at uh, through a present filter, but you have to un- put it in context. And I think that that's some of the, you know, like all that stuff that Turner Classic Movies is doing with all those older problematic racist stuff in movies like Gone with the Wind and all that. That yeah. they're having people come and talk about it, that, you know, erasing it or ignoring it, you know, in some in some cases isn't 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 healthy we're not then we'll forget then the lesson won't be learned so yeah but right. yeah, you know yeah it's and it's, i guess it's our choice to glorify or not glorify certain people or yeah, things especially absolutely. characters i think that's the biggest one we talk about that with plays a lot where we're like well that character's so problematic i can't ever be on his side and it's like well i don't think you're meant to be on his side i don't think we're supposed to like him we're supposed to be conflicted by the fact that maybe he's being portrayed by someone we like or whatever it may be. Um, I think we'll get into that with the other two pieces as well, because mm-hmm. those are a little more tighten, clinch, clinch a little bit, uh, yeah. clinch the butthole. Um, okay, anything else you guys want to say on this? Pam, you want you have any final thoughts on um, Shakespeare in Love? No, I just really, I really, really loved it. I mean, Bailey and I got to watch it together, which was really 
special. Mm-hmm. And uh, from the beginning to end, I remember waiting to be bored or waiting to for something to annoy <laughs> yeah, me. Right? And it just never happened. I just kept turning to Bailey after every moment and was like, God, that's such a good moment. God, what a great <laughs> scene. What a great performance. What a great everything. It's a good yeah. theater person. Loved film. it. These are all good theater person films and different. True. True, true. Yeah. Um, cool. Hey, any. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. Do we have any LA s- spotlight? LA spotlight. No, again, we're going to we're still uh, fighting the battle for uh, SB 805 in the state of California. So if you are a lover of performing arts, uh, small theater, dance companies, etc. in the state of California, Basically, SB 805 will provide funding and uh, to a lot of these smaller organizations. And so if you have a chance, uh, get on Twitter, get on Instagram, follow at SB 805 CA. And uh, the big thing right now is to urge Governor Gavin Newsom to sign it if it goes through. And there's just a few more steps to go. So far, so good. We've been winning battles. But that's the big thing. And it's a huge thing. Like, it will literally be life-changing um, for artists across California, uh, especially in Los Angeles and San Francisco and San Diego and some of the bigger cities. But um, please, please just go on and, and like and share and spread the word about that. That's all, all I got. Thank you. Um, join us again next week. Uh, well, I should say thank you for joining us this week uh, for <laughs> Theater Theater Bonus App. Uh, join us again next week as we finish up the bonus mini series. And next time we will be discussing Hamlet. Two and Birdman or the Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance. Uh, after that, we have our next playwright miniseries, which is Freestyle Podcast Supreme. Mm-hmm. And we did have somebody guess the playwright. Uh, he's not a, actually a playwright, but uh, the person who we're covering. Um, oh. Someone we have actually had on the pod before guessed it, Travis Gatz, yes. sent me a text yeah. message. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he texted me and said that he saw an ad for Freestyle Love Supreme pop up on his phone right after he had listened to the podcast. So not only is his phone listening to him, but uh, <laughs> he knew exactly what it, who it was because of that. So uh, it's very serendipitous. Uh, it's not cheating if it just happens to you, right? Uh, but he was correct. It is <laughs> Lynn manuel Miranda. Yeah. Yes. yes. So we're be, we're going to be covering his works, uh, although he's not a true playwright. Uh, we figured with the opening of In the Heights a few weeks ago, this would be a good time to cover him. And uh, we have two very special guests joining us for that miniseries. Uh, and then our next stuff, I'm going to say this, uh, even though it's a little early, I want you to know it, it's a Bailey pick, which is Theater Nightmares. So we're going to need some help from y'all. Uh, we need the listeners to send in, DM us on any of the things, text us if you know us, DM us on Instagram, uh, send us theater nightmares that you have experienced. And these are real life nightmare scenarios. These are things that you actually experience, not dreams, okay? So we'll read them on the pod and we'll tell a few of our own stories as well. And that'll be super fun. Uh, Pam, I'm sure you have a few we can uh, let where you. Should, where should we send those stories? Uh, the the Instagram or Instagram. just text us if you know us yeah or Twitter or whatever or Twitter. wherever you got yeah yeah um, or we have an email theater theaterpod at gmail.com anyway um, <laughs> siege 
Well, I mean, you know, speaking of calls to action, when you're done calling all of your local representatives about SB 805, then you should get on Facebook and you should like our theater theater page. You should also get on Instagram and all that stuff. We want to hear from you about suggestions of people we should cover, of corrections that need to be made. If you just want to tell us how great we are, we are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and we have an email. Scott? Uh, thank you, CJ. First of all, a huge shout out to, to Pamela Quinn for being here, for writing our songs and contributing and being part of our, our little family Aww, here. Thank, thank you, you so much, you no, guys. They're magical and you're I magical. was actually just going to ask, is Lynn my next one that I have to do? That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. On it. Uh, yeah, on it. Uh, also, a huge shout out to Ryan Thomas Johnson for writing our theme song and all of our stingers. Our theme song is better than your theme song. It's true. Uh, it's true. And finally, to the great Annie Baker for writing the script to our podcast. She writes our show every every week, but she doesn't know it. But she's going to know it one day, and she's going to have a beer, and we're going to buy Annie Baker a beer. I and uh, we're going to talk about her Pulitzer Prize. Yeah, yeah. there it is. That's it. We appreciate y'all. Rate, <laughs> subscribe, review, or all three. We appreciate all of it. Uh, and as always, mouths and butts. <laughs> They're the, the same, same thing. things. We haven't mentioned that in a, lo- in a, in a while. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. But people know. They know. <laughs> if, they, if they don't know it in their head, they know it in their heart. You know what I'm saying? And if they don't know it head. in their head, they know it in their mind. And if they don't know it in their mind, they know it in their brain. Uh, and they don't know it in their brain or their mind or their thoughts. They know this it is a whole podcast in itself. But. This conversation. This is so. <laughs> by the pool. In the school. Oh, by the by fires, fires of Yule. Of Yule. <laughs> it's the rule. It's there's a stool, there's a stool. Stools are where. Stools are where. Once upon a time you find a chair. Go ahead. A chair is for fools. Use your money for stools. Perfect. All right. Love you, everybody. Yeah. The theater, the theater. Theater. To be or not to be. Theater. Theater. The plane's Hi, friends. Hi. And I'm here to... Re- I'm on an a- Alanis Morissette kick. I should... <gasps> I should Which Alanis Morissette? Yeah, I... I I've I have a few on my playlist. Um, and the love that you made in the shade and the pain is <laughs> jagged little and pill. And yeah. Um, but yeah, I was working out to it and sweating today, and so now it's like locked in my head. That's the good one. I mean, P, you're a, you're an Alanis stan, right? Oh, I didn't know I was here yet. You're in. You're in on it. Always here. You're the oh, reason why we're here. Huge on Alanis. Yeah. Love her. Jagged Little Pill was like a Bible for preteens. Oh, yeah. Dave Coulier, <laughs> goddammit. And, and po- well, no, I was in my teen. No, I wasn't. Uh, yeah, I was. Yeah, I was. Okay. Uh, I was years. 10. <laughs> that was a big year because that was also the year that No Doubt came out with Tragic Kingdom, which mm-hmm. was epic oh, yeah, when I was. Huge. Was a big deal. All a big deal. Yes. Yay, I got Atlantis. to see No Doubt when they did a reunion tour. <gasps> Ooh. 
and Paramore opened for them. What? Oh, I mean, that's that would be fun. But it was before Paramore had like really blown up. <gasps> oh, even so better. So we were like obsessed with the opener, and we were like, uh, they're gonna be awesome. And then like the that year they got huge. Yeah. Um, and then the the No Doubt concert was one of the best one of the best concerts I've ever been to. It was awesome. All right. Okay. I saw Alanis on the Jagged Little Pill tour. Oh shit! What? And I have—I'm normally a, a nerd about all of the opening acts to the big acts I've ever seen in my life. For the life of me, cannot remember what it was, and I won't go on the internet oh, no. to find out. I just won't do it. I'm just gonna let it like whoever the opening act was. They got blown away. It was like the inverse of when I saw Radiohead open for REM, and they just. <gasps> Laid with there was no point in REM coming out after that, like they were <laughs> like radio. Rude. Uh, I'm sorry, um, I think I've mentioned that before. That REM is my biggest disappointment ever. Oh, really? I saw four times, I saw them four times, and all four times they seemed like a drunk frat band. They never, they weren't good, they didn't sound good. Michael Stipe didn't sound good. They just didn't sound like they were playing together. I wish that I had seen more concerts growing up because now in my mid-30s, I feel like (laughs) I can't do it. I can't go to concerts anymore. It's exhausting. There's so many people. There's always parking lot drama. I can't. And it's always expensive. Unless it's like Sarah Bareilles. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. Do you you like Sarah Bareilles, Pam? I mean, she's above average. <laughs> I've never heard it before. I've never anything like that before. <laughs> no, I... Not true. Not true. Billy it's Joel. Sarcasm. I'd go see Billy Joel too. I've seen Real Big Fish twice at the same bar in St. Louis when I was 18 and 21, like oh. on my birthdays. That's cool. We should it's just fun. start listing every concert we've been to. That's actually fun. <laughs> I haven't I been to that. a lot. Oh, Backstreet Boys was I've... my first. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. My first concert was REO Speedwagon. So, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Was it at was it at a state fair? No, 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 okay. sir. It was at uh, the uh, Wichita River Fest. Thank my you. apologies. Well, doesn't which is bigger than the state fair? Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I, I saw. I didn't I saw provocative. The, I saw the Beach Boys at the Illinois State Fair when I was five. That's fun. That's cool. <laughs> I saw James Taylor in an outdoor concert with my parents when I was 11. (laughs) (laughs) The parents' ones are the good ones. The mom and dad ones are the good ones.